Hello, and welcome to the Upper Bowl GM podcast. My name is Nick Sararis. This is the Thursday episode of the show, and as promised, we're going to be talking about the Philadelphia Flyers. Recording this episode prior to Wednesday night's game against the Rangers, unsure of if there are any more COVID complications. The Rangers were supposed to have a media availability for head coach David Quinn a little bit before noon on Wednesday. He never showed up for that. The Rangers did not make a statement as to why. They had three players, Adam Fox, Pavel Buchnevich, and Phil DiGiuseppe, go on the COVID list on Monday prior to the game that day. We're waiting to see what's going on with the Rangers. Hopefully everything is okay. There's no further COVID complications. There's no outbreak. There's no additional positive tests, anything like that, because the league is it's not doing a great job of managing the COVID problem amongst the teams right now, but at the very least, it's managed to keep the outbreaks to a minimum aside from, you know, the devils and sabers basically wiping each other out. And then the wild and Vegas golden Knights wiping each other out during the month of February. So we're going to talk a little flyers. Hopefully there is a game Wednesday night. It would be very nice to have a little Rangers hockey on St. Patrick's day. But before I get to the conversation with my very special guest, got to remind everyone, please help grow the show any means possible. If you're on Apple Podcasts, throw a subscribe, go all the way to the bottom of the episode list page, leave a five-star review, leave a written review, please. If you're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Audio Boom, Stitcher Radio, any other podcasting platform, throw a follow and help join the conversation we're going. We're getting more listens every week. We're getting subscribers. We're getting there. The pace of growth is not as fast as I'd like it to be. I'm trying to ramp that up, trying to get more engaging guests like my guest today. So I will see you guys on the other side of the drops. Kincaid for Panarin, taken away by Voracek, moves it all alone. He scores. And the Flyers win it in overtime. And with that, as promised, I welcome on the master of fan cams herself, Megan. How are you doing today? You flatter me. You flatter me. Um, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm a little worried that the Rangers just had a media availability that didn't happen, and they didn't give a reason why it didn't happen, because the last time that happened, they were putting people on the COVID list. So I'm a little bit worried about the game tonight. Yep. I remember that happening with the Flyers, and it was pretty big red flag. Yeah. Then we were off for two weeks. Yeah, the Flyers had, like, half their team end up on the list at one point or another. That was pretty bad for a while, yeah. Oh, my God. It got so bad we had two AHL defensemen playing on our fourth line uh, as as wingers. It was really, really fun. And we got absolutely crushed by the Bruins in a nationally televised, one of the most highly anticipated events of the season, outdoor game. It was really fun for me. At least we got some... Great footage? Question mark? I don't We're, know. Hey, small victories. When you're in a hockey season, you got to take the small things, whether it's this is good for <laughs> content, this is good for my mental health. Those don't always line up with each other. So let's peel this nope. back a little bit. I know you are relatively new to hockey, re- relatively speaking. So talk me through a little bit I about... I would say very. Yeah? I would say very. Compared to the people that have been on this website, I would say that I am like, I'm a baby. I don't know how I know things. I I would say I don't know anything about hockey, but apparently I do. Because, I mean, I come from a family that, like, has not interacted with Philadelphia 
sports generally. We'll watch the Eagles and we'll watch a basketball game when they're good. You know, they haven't really been good uh, until like this year. And uh, go to a baseball game every once in a while. Hockey is like the fourth sport over here. Like nobody, nobody talks about it. You're either a fan of like all the sports except for hockey or you're only a hockey fan and like Mm -hmm. kind of care about the other sports. And I never thought I would be either one of those but um here i am a giant hockey nerd apparently um and it all the downfall it came when i got into have you ever heard of the canadian band pup i've heard of it i don't they're really good they're based in toronto so i actually blame this all on the maple leafs uh they're actually the worst team because they uh helped inspire me because the main the singer of that band stefan he's like really into hockey as well and so I like watched one of his live streams and it was like a little mini hockey game it wasn't NHL like the game but it was like some old like pixelated thing and I was like like the game brought me in like he was talking and like during live during the live whoa like they're fighting like this is like a thing that happens in the game and then I was like and then it was like the YouTube poll of like oh my gosh like actual games and they actually fight oh my god like like at all these fighting videos and then you get drawn in and then the flyers win the playoffs and i was like i have literally nothing else to do i'm sitting at home i'm gonna turn it on and then for two weeks i was like a closeted hockey fan and i was like tweeting on twitter and then like people started following me that were like related to hockey and then like from there i think the oh no moment oh god (laughs) it's getting too it's like it's too much was like definitely when i was posting on my close friend story Usually I'll post memes and stuff, funny things, but then it, it started to become like only hockey stuff, only posting about the flyers. And people people like DM'd me. They were like, Can I come off your close friend story? And I was like, <laughs> like the first time that ever happened to me, I was like, that's so embarrassing. Cause it was just so much hockey all the time. And from that point on I knew like I have to I'm not doing this on close friend story anymore. I'm gonna yell into the Twitter void. And then somehow it got so terrible that I started making fan cams, which is an insane person thing to do, but it's something that I started doing because I saw everybody else's and I was like, these are really cool. I want to make one. And so I got like this stupid little online uh, software going around with the stuff and then people liked them and then I kept doing them. And it's just, it's been like a whirlwind ever since. Like, so you're- I'm still, I'm. So your first real immersion into hockey was the bubble. It was the playoff hockey stuff. So, like, the best hockey you're going to get was your first introduction to hockey. <laughs> I guess so. It kind of was. It, it, it feels weird that, to think that there were games that, like, weren't a playoff series. Because now with this, like, these new divisions, too, of which is terrible. I literally hate the East Division so much. But it's like the mini playoff series. So like, this is the only hockey that I've known. And I guess it's pretty exciting hockey from what people have told me, but it's, it gets exhausting after a bit. Like now I have a hatred for the Isles that I never had before. The Islanders. So it's, it's very weird. It was certainly like questions, especially during the bubble time of player safety and stuff. And like mm-hmm. how this would affect players' mental health, even like being in the bubbles that kind of introduced me to, okay, kind of some stuff needs to change here. Like I knew about hockey fandom as, you know, it's a lot of, especially in Philly, it's not, you know, it skews towards a certain demographic over here of kind of older 
more conservative, particularly white sports fans who are like very into hockey, not much else. And so I knew that coming in, but I didn't know, you know, there was also stuff within the league that kind of like, I don't know quite how to say it. Like there was some moral kind of stuff that was interesting and like, or not social justice, I mean, but like kind of political stuff that was happening here. And I mean, during this time, like back in November, I was started going to college for a poli-sci major, um, which I'm now trying to uh, change and go to other schools. But, you know, I go to another school for like art, which is, you know, terrible that hockey was the thing that made me realize <laughs> that I wanted to pursue art again. You know, here we are. You know, I was I was really interested in having these discussions of, you know, what are we consuming and how can we be better at consuming it? And knowing the political implications of like having people play while they're still risk for COVID. And even though they had great protocols and whatever, the players' mental health was not great. And then, so you just learn a bunch of stuff about this league. Oh my God, one, it's terrible. (laughs) There's so so many issues here. The fans are great, especially the ones that are online. And there's the game itself. That's the thing that draws you in eventually. Even though it was the memes and the fans, you know, got me hooked. It was the game that kept me in, and it keeps me going now. Like even though I have to suffer through Flyers hockey essentially every night, it's still really an interesting thing. It's it's a fast game, and it's something that you know. I went to baseball games as a kid, but it was never like this, like a very like standing around, like oh yeah, hot dog kind of thing. Like this is it's so engaging, and it's something that keeps my mind uh, available and present. And the fans are just an added on. Added on to that, something that's great. I don't know. I definitely got off topic there. No, but, um, that was yeah, a very off in hockey. That, that was a very deep, well thought out. I saw the thread you were going with and where each part of that conversation came from. So peeling back that a little bit more, you immerse yourself in this. What kind of learning curve did you give yourself? Where you just kind of were watching, trying to figure it out as you went? Did you go on the YouTube wormhole, the Wikipedia wormhole? trying to catch yourself up so you didn't feel dumb you didn't want to ask questions to people that kind of thing you want to be able to hold your own right away yep yep I definitely felt that like it's it's an intimidating fan base for sure like you don't know what icing is and then people are like oh my god you don't know what icing is I I I technically now I know what icing is but I didn't for like a good couple months um but it it is an easy game to pick up on and enjoy but it, it it's kind of hard to get into specifics of and it's definitely a fandom that's very like you have to know all these things there's a lot of storylines here there's a lot of rules here and there's a lot of not lore but it kind of is lore it is how any fandom like older players or like just the history of the team so it's easy to catch on especially if there's other people like you and there's a a lot of people who are learning and that's what I that's why I discovered in the bubble that was a lot of people's first time experiences just because we had all this time not not off because you know it was still a stressful time but we were all looking for an escape and somehow in some way flyers hockey became just a, a gathering point for that and so it was helpful to have a lot of fans along the way who were also still learning but like definitely through not just like asking questions to them yeah going on youtube and like looking at all the funny things and i i definitely this is one of my toxic traits um and I know this is kind of hypocritical because I'm on one right now, but I'm terrible because all I will ever do is listen to podcasts. Like, I'll just plug in and tune everything out. Like, I'll be, like, I like to sew and I'll be sewing, listening to podcasts eventually. 
I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to every Flyers podcast ever. And so I've been listening to like all the ones from the Flyers and so many of them. And so it's been a lot of digesting content. Uh, and I think just once you have enough knowledge about that, you kind of get bolder about, you know, maybe I do know a little bit more about this team. And I know that's kind of a thing that a lot of, especially non-straight white dude fans kind of have a nervousness about because, you know, you don't want to get called out on being like, oh my God, you're a fake hockey fan or whatever. You know, you want to know everything and you, you know, it doesn't come all at once. Apparently it comes in a couple of months and then you kind of know your way around a bit. I don't know everything. Like I don't, I need to know everything. I don't think I ever will. But, um, you know, there are people with, like, way more hockey knowledge than me. But I never thought I would be able to name, name more than, like, two hockey players. And the two hockey players I knew growing up were, like, Claude Giroux and Wayne Simmons. That was it. One, I was very sad to see that one of them was gone uh, <laughs> when I actually started watching hockey. It, You know, I never thought I could be able to hold so much information in and just be able to... Uh, kind of put a story together for myself and properly express express my emotions about a hockey game whilst in the middle of it, consuming it. So that's been really interesting. It's very daunting, and I understand that. And I get into this argument with people all the time where it's like, it's just a group chat of guys arguing about hockey, and it's like, we're all on the same playing field here. Like, you know, I can look up, I can Google what it says on Hockey Reference too. It's it's just an inherent male thing to be like, I'm right, you're wrong, no matter what. And a lot of that time <laughs> that results in the online dis- discourse just being broken, where you get a lot of... I get that too. Sometimes I do that. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you want to you wanna flaunt your knowledge. Yeah. You want to be like, I'm a real hockey fan. Like, I know this stuff. And here's why my opinion on Claude Giroux's career is like more valid than yours kind of thing. Yeah. A lot of... It's a lot of that, which is, it, I mean, present in all online spaces and all online uh, fandoms. I know it's it's weird to call, like, hockey it is. a fandom, it is. but, like, it, it is. is. It really is. It has the and, same like, problem. Even, even, yes, exactly. Like, it's not a TV show that everybody's, like, fighting about, but it's, like, actual, you know, the biggest fandom that there is, essentially, like, sports, just generally. It's something that we all kind of enjoy. (laughs) It's reality TV, but like, you know, it's not staged. Like there aren't producers (laughs) telling these guys what to do. The NHL missed their window last year when they were like, no soap operas, just hockey. This is entirely a soap opera. That joke is so funny. That joke is so funny. All they want is soap operas. I could care less about actual hockey. They can, they can do their little things on their little knife shoes. But like, I love, I love all the extra bits, the little drama in between the little jokes. I cannot get over the sickos meme. The like, <laughs> yes, aha, yes, I cannot get over that. It goes through my mind constantly. And then the coach just said it. That is doing more for the league. Anything that Connor McDavid has ever done in his entire career, I swear to God, they don't have to be good at hockey. They have to be fun. And that's what that's what especially leagues like the NBA. I would say kind of football, not maybe as much, but like definitely the NBA and with their their marketing and with their players, like. They're doing a lot to like promote personality and promote fun yeah. kind of and, and fan content and memes. That is something that's like really big. And that's why they're not struggling for money. <laughs> the NHL is not necessarily the most welcoming place for new fans. Like mm. that's what the that's what fans do. That's what fans online do. They help welcome people and help make them care about this sport and the people that play it. The NHL is just not on top of that. Fan camps. I'm like, you have to make things fun for people want to to want to enjoy them like you could say stats and like you can say like oh my gosh this game is like so exciting 
but nobody's going to go out and watch a game for no reason. They're going to go and watch a game because somebody recommended it or somebody like showed them a funny meme about it. I, I swear to God, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were like, the guy was like talking about how terrible the team was. And I was like, that's so funny. Like they have this history of, you know, not making it past the first round. And I'm like, that is ridiculous hubris right there is a compelling storyline and like should be kind of promoted and you have to make a sport fun I know hockey loves to take itself seriously because it is kind of I mean yeah it's kind of a a team sport and I get like you don't want to make you don't want to take away from that but also like you're gonna die a team sport if you don't make it fun for people to watch it and for people to interact in fan spaces so that's that's my two cents on why the NHL is a terrible marketing league and should hire me uh, specifically to run all of the social media. I wouldn't be opposed. There'd be a lot more fun content, be a lot more entertaining. I mean, I know during the election, that was a big thing. The Kornacki fan cams, the John King fan cams. Like, oh that's my how God, people got, those are so funny. That's how people got <laughs> accurate information. Time. That's how people got accurate information about the news. Debatable. Which, was fan cams about the <laughs> Kornacki at the board wearing a shirt for three straight days. But yes, memes, memes. That's, that's how a lot of um, politicians are promoting themselves nowadays. Like, I I swear to God, uh, I mean, as somebody who came from very political-minded world for, like, a while, like, I, I ran for delegate once I turned 18, which was really, really cool. Oh, my God, it seems like a year away. Or it was a year away. I'm, like, worlds away. It seems like forever ago. Before everything went terrible, um, <laughs> before before my life went to shit, which is essentially the coronavirus, and then I started to get into hockey, which made everything worse. You know, before all that, like I was really involved in like local politics, and I, it was something that I really cared about, and like change. You know, you get to see how people form opinions on things, begin to become involved in the world around them because of how engaging the community itself is and like the organizations that are around promoting good ideas and good content and so it's something that you can totally take wherever just that humor and charisma and like individual ideas is something is so valuable for getting anybody interested in anything and so just I don't know where that train of thought was going but it's (laughs) it's something that I see parallels to I see parallels there's there was infighting when I was on politics Twitter which is the most cursed Twitter don't ever ever seek out any political takes on Twitter but you know that's something that I still see parallels with it's like people grappling with how good is it to really idealize anybody like athletes or politicians like when they're not necessarily doing exactly the right thing but like maybe they're promoting a good message and we see that a lot of figures even in hockey and you know we can ask people to be perfect but how perfect do we kind of want them to be if they're going to have this platform and you know how do we want to consume this content so that it it feels um, like the right thing to do kind of thing uh, and kind of separating fandom space out of real life consequences space so it's it's really interesting uh, and I think it's fascinating how people interact online with each other like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. You see the intersection of all this stuff. I wrote something back l- last summer during the pause in between March and when the bubble started about politics and sports are kind of intertwined because the people who own the teams are giving the money to political actors, whether exactly. it's the owners, the exactly. owners, the president, the general manager, whatever. They're donating money to politicians. So when they're d- making these political stances, they're issuing 
the very blanket anti-racism statements that don't really do anything. They just occasionally exactly. write a check to a charity, throw right, use it as a tax write-off, just kind of throw away the problem and say, we did this. We're, we don't really take any meaningful steps towards causing cha institutional change in our own house, but exactly. we'll, we'll write a check. Yeah, I entirely understand exactly. how you think about this stuff. And I'm so fascinated by like everything that's popped up, Black Girl Hockey, especially yeah. that's doing some great work. And like, I, you know, they have a lot of problems, but like the um, HCA, I think, yeah. is like doing some good work despite some of the, again, some of the actors that are involved in it who don't have great histories when dealing with women, for example. Like yeah. it's, you know, there's a lot of problems that are still here. And as, as much as we make steps forward, there's always a step back. Mm. And it feels like there's a lot of steps back that we take with hockey. It's slowly as the fandom kind of changes. And I've seen that as I've, like, even just with the few months that I've actively been on like hockey Twitter or whatever, I see like, it's a lot of growth that's happening fandom online and like it's a lot of not all these older fans and it's people that like aren't enjoying the sport just because maybe you know it's something that their family does or something but they were drawn to it because of the fans and I think that is something that needs to be capitalized on it needs to be heard from the league and all of its partners and all of the people who are in charge of everything and even the players okay so there's the next generation of fans are going to be these people who, you know, want their athletes to not be shitty people, uh, you know, which is, I don't think a lot to ask for, or who, if they are shitty people, like, they're going to drive them offline. Like, I look at the D'Angelo stuff, and I think there's a lot to happen there. Oh, my God. I, I, I do miss the days when we were all dunking on him. That that time, you talked about the election earlier, but that was the, such that was so funny. That was the funniest time on hockey Twitter, other than it being like incredibly distressful generally and especially to the politics crowd. But like generally that was oh my god, the memes were just outstanding. It's it's obvious that the next kind of people who are driving content for these teams and even now who are getting like hired by these teams are people that are young and people that care about diversity and inclusion and having their voice their voices heard. And I think that's something that the league needs to, I think, say a lot more on. Again, I'll look to the NBA as yeah. somebody who's, as as a league that's really, or the WNBA, I would say they're yeah. kind of the standard here for doing a lot of these things that like support players and support uh, the fans for, you know, who want to enjoy this sport. And no league is ever going to be perfect because we we live in a society, of course. You no ethical consumption and capitalism. That. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You got it. We're yeah. already there. It'd be great to have a league that's not last, that's not yeah. terrible, that's not always two steps behind general society. And I think that's something that, you know, people are like, oh, well, it's the players and it's the management and it's this whole giant system. And I'm like, okay, so this is an argument that I see in politics a lot. It's do you want to work within the system and within the system to change it? Or are we looking to really start anew and really start fresh, have a large overhaul of like people that are involved in this league? And, you know, the argument always is that's kind of a big ask. And that's kind of as much as that would be a wonderful thing to burn down the NHL and start anew watch women's hockey instead i'll just say that right now but like you know i think it is more realistic that we have to really start working in this into the system and we have to as much as we criticize it all the time we have to be able to criticize it but also be able to 
praise it for some of the things whenever not whenever it does something right like they don't deserve praise but like <laughs> you know if there is if there is like a person who is trying to make change I think we do have to support that and we have to support those ideas just despite all that the league does to counter um efforts to change and efforts to become a league that isn't you know 10 years behind everybody in equality and social movements kind of thing that's usually the last 10 minutes of this show. Whenever I have a hockey guest on, we just spend 10 minutes taking pot shots at the NHL for not caring about women or any minorities or just yep. young yep. people. Yep. That's just how every single hockey conversation God. ends up. Because you are the perfect example of someone who, if you have a welcoming environment, you make it better because you come in here and then you bring more people with you because you make the very funny fan cams. And someone who knows nothing about <laughs> hockey is going to see Travis Konechny skating around a fireball, and they're going to go, what? And then they're going to, go, they're going you, to Google gotten, they're going to Google number 11 orange involved. hockey team, and they're going to yeah, figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, that's this is how, like, as fan content and, like, creations from these people, it, from everybody, like, so many people are, like, yeah. being the funniest people on Twitter ever. I know that that's because we've created a good space here, but it's just something that I feel so passionate about. Like, I don't want to be excusing players for their actions or anything like that. I don't want to be supporting a team, even though it's like, oh, God, the organization is so terrible. And, you know, you want to be able to enjoy sports. And this is this is where I get the people who are like, keep, keep politics out of hockey. As somebody who is generally always exhausted with politics, understandable. It's so baked into it because it's so political. Everything... You know, we want to talk about how players should have an effective union, how players should be able to be safe when playing the game. So you can never, you can never separate that. Like, maybe you don't want to talk about the presidential candidate you support, but like, that's kind of important when you want to create like a welcoming space for people who want to enjoy. I want, I want more people to enjoy hockey because it's such a wonderful game and you know, although it has its flaws, it's there and it's wonderful and it's fun. And I love the people that I've met through the game and like, mm -hmm. I'm able to like be on a zoom with and enjoy a game. <sighs> but it's just, it's so difficult when the league is just over and over again, being so terrible to its players and to its fan base, you know, you just want to, you want to be able to turn off your brain and consume content. That's something that people like me, especially, like, can I do? I don't, is this player homophobic? Are they transphobic? I don't want to, that's all I'm going to think about whenever they're on the ice then. And I don't want to, I don't want to be apart from that. I don't want to support that. And I don't want to, this is why I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Flyers jersey right now because mm -hmm. it's Flyers game day and I love wearing it. Uh, unless I'm aware this, they won. So <laughs> sorry to your Rangers team, but oh, I'm going to try my hardest to manifest a dub for the Flyers today, just for my mental health. You need it but... more than I do. It's fine. You can take it. Uh, oh you can God. take it. <laughs> can I feel? The can Flyers I feel actually, the, fan base? the Flyers actually had expectations for this year. You guys can take the win today. Uh, it's mm. fine. I understand. Yeah, we have to talk about that. We have to talk about that. But, you know, I don't buy players' jerseys because I'm like, I, I don't want any of these men to disappoint me. They've already disappointed me because they're, they're playing NHL hockey. That's you automatically terrible. You really shouldn't <laughs> see the 55 hockey jerseys in my closet then. We're I on see different... two of them right there. Yeah, there. Kay Andre's <laughs> over there. Kay Andre's over there. Adam Fox is over there. Kay Andre is good. Yeah. I love him. 
one of the baby one of the acceptable rangers one of the acceptable one of the acceptable rangers yes there's not a lot of them there's not a lot i like to but also like criticize them but also they are definitely they're products to consume at the end of the day for me that's sarcasm but like you know i i do love the storylines with these players the baby rangers and how they're best friends and how they're on the ice together and they're all They've got all these expectations. They're per- persevering on this terrible team. <laughs> Sorry, but no, like you right. know, they're you know, and it's they have these great storylines in hockey. Has so much content to consume, but like we have to create so much of it because the league does not know how to advertise its players other than like Connor McDavid is ten millionth point. Oh my god, how cool <laughs> is that? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. That man is the most boring person on earth. Have you seen his house? It's ridiculous. That, to be fair, he left. How his do you girlfriend live there? Designed, his girlfriend designed the apartment. We'll be fair. We'll be fair. I don't care. It's bad. <laughs> I come home after a loss. After a loss from the Oilers and sit in that kitchen. What do you do? Do you just sit there? He sits at the Long Island. He's even soft. He sits on the Long Island. He has a glass of milk and he goes to bed. I was going to say water, but milk is perfect for that. All right, so we've kind of loosened it up now, a little bit less serious. We're going to talk about the Flyers Mm -hmm. specifically now a little bit. So let's start here. How confident are you in the Flyers team, talent-wise? How confident are you that they are talented enough to be good? I'm going to give you the realistic answer, and then give you the Flyers fan answer. So the realistic answer is they're not that bad. They're not terrible. They're pretty good. They're in a bad – they're in a – they're in the worst – not the worst division like the best division but the worst division for the flyers because they want to make it into the playoffs and every other team is good and one good team at least is going to miss the playoffs you know there's some anxiety there but i think they can pull through and that's my statistical analysis even though i don't i swear to god i don't know any statistics i go purely off of vibes to close oh the i know test. like no stats just vibes i do not understand stats i have tried I haven't actually tried, but like if I say that, people will believe me. I'm so bad. I look at the little graphs and the little numbers. I'm like, that's really cool. I'm glad that you understand that. I'm here to make fan cams, <laughs> you know. So, so they're fine. They're going to be fine. Chuck Fletcher needs to make a trade for like an actual defenseman because their defense is terrible. There's none of it. But you know, my Flyers fan answer is they're going to miss the playoffs. It's going to be an in- <laughs> insane year. Everybody's terrible except for like Bill Farabee. And, you know, it's not that bad. But, you know, these past couple of games, it's just because everybody is so caught up in every single game because every single game kind of is, it feels like a playoff series. It feels weird because it's warm out. Not to me. Like, everybody's, everybody says it's, like, very weird to watch hockey right now. This is the only experience I have with hockey. If this was, like, normal, I'm like, yeah, okay, it's kind of insane. I get that it's a really weird season, and there's so many games all the time, and so it's hard to balance out what is what is important, what is not on, like, a day-to-day basis. They should be winning more games. They really should be at the at more of the top of the league because they had a lot of expectations coming in. And even though we lost Matt Niskanen, it was still, it was still supposed to be a solid team. And now we don't have, and now there's some issues uh, that we're realizing. I don't like to be too hard on them because they're just athletes. They're doing their jobs. And, you know, there was the COVID break in the middle when a bunch of people got sick, including Oscar Lindblom, which I'm like never going to get over. And I'm going to burn down the league for that. Because I swear to God, you go, you run a cancer patient, get sick with the with the COVID virus, 
terrible, terrible. I can't sense it. I'm so mad about that. But another thing that like the league does. Um, I was anyway. in the same boat. I was in the same boat with Kako. They they dropped somebody... it five yes, minutes before exactly. the game that Kako was on the COVID list, <sighs> and then after the game, oh. Quinn let it slip. Well, he hasn't had symptoms yet, and it's like, is no oh, one going to talk about the fact someone who has a comorbidity more likely to have a severe case of this? has it and we're just like we're writing this off like it's a pulled hamstring why is no one mad about this this is the thing that like the league does like i know they were i know they had this season because they needed to get that tv deal and they needed to have fans and they needed to have like all these things but like i've been saying this from the start like i will i will consume this because i feel like i would like to and i want to but i'm trying to consume it in a way that's critical of these people who are running this thing and are making these athletes as much as oh they're getting paid they're definitely you know they they have to opt in but like you know they kind of can't opt out because how can you do that so it's really it's really interesting not an interesting discussion but like there are actual like real lives on the line here and like yeah. things that can be affected that was a diff- that, was, that was a difficult thing to deal with in the middle of the season especially when they were trending upwards i'm yeah. like i'll never get over that one game where Scott Lawton got a hat check right before everybody went on the COVID list. Um, that was insane. Uh, and it was against the Washington Capitals, who it's like apparently very tough to beat now um, for this team to this team to beat. So it's it's been kind of an up and down ride. Like at the beginning of the season, I was, we beat the Peng- we beat the Penguins twice. This is absolutely amazing for me and for my brand uh, as somebody who is a known Penguin and Crosby hater. This is great and wonderful, and I feel like we're gonna. This I'm like, this is the year. This is the cup year, boys. And then immediately afterwards, we got shut out six and zero. No, it wasn't a shutout. Nico Bakumel got a point, but uh, we got six to one to Buffalo the next game, and I was like, oh, this is Flyers hockey. I'm like, I'm really experiencing it now. You know, as much as I got a taste of kind of our struggles in the playoffs, you know, I still think we, that we were trending upwards and then, you know, it's just, we had an injury and another injury. And so it's just, it's been really up and down for this team. And I'm hoping that, you know, now that we kind of have everything together, uh, except for like getting another defenseman, we should start winning games and we should start having that process kind of come through for us. But just as an eternal Philly sports fan, not even a Flyers fan at that, as a Philly sports fan, I don't, I don't have any faith in any team whatsoever. I was I was blessed with the Super Bowl uh, in that one year. That was absolutely bonkers, insane, and never again, never again will that ever happen. I'm like, wait another ten years. So I don't. I have no faith in this team, but you know, in a sense, I kind of do. I think that's where everyone kind of is with their hockey team, specific to your hockey team, especially where it's, oh, I mean, they're not awful. And then you have like a four to one loss. It's like, all right, yeah, they're pretty awful. And then they come out, they beat the Bruins the next, all right, maybe we're not terrible. Then we come out and lose to the Sabres. It's very weird. This year, especially, it's been very weird. I remember Every you mentioned- Every team that beats the Bruins, I'm a fan of. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm the biggest fan of you guys for shutting out the Bruins. That's we're wonderful. Gonna, it gives me hope. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. So- you mentioned how much you hate math there, but I am a little bit of a math guy when it comes to the stats. These are just for the, the fellow nerds who are listening. Flyers, of their four lines, three D pairs, two are very positive for expected goals, two are very negative. And then for D pairs, oh, yep. almost even, over 50%. And then the third pair, defensive pair has been very all over the place because it hasn't been consistent oh, we don't all have, year. Yeah. We don't have to talk about yeah. the third defensive pair. Oh, yeah, my like, God. 
when I went on Daily Faceoff earlier, they have it as Gostas Beer and Proser, but I know that hasn't been the third pair all year. <sighs> so the numbers aren't terrible. They've had some rough finishing luck. They haven't gotten great goaltending this year, but goaltending yeah, and shooting goaltending has been the biggest disappointment. Yeah. That's, I'll tell you that right now. We're, well, we're going to get to the flop era. We're going <laughs> we'll to get, get to that. We'll oh, get yeah. to that. That's specifically on the list in the next category for a reason. So we're t- oh, yeah. talent-wise, there's a lot of pieces on this team. Van Riemsdyk has never been like the best finisher, but he is amazing at parking himself in front of the net and deflecting the puck. He's the best player in the league at it right now. I mean, Kreider's pretty close. Insane. Anders Lee's pretty close. Crosby's pretty close. But JVR is yep. also like the biggest of all of them. So he has that advantage. Absolutely bonkers. Absolutely insane. If you had told any Flyers fan, and again, this is secondhand information, but if you had told any Flyers fan, even me in the playoffs, like if you had told any Flyers fan a year ago that JVR was going to have the best year of his entire career, like right now, that would have been like <laughs> would have felt insane. Now, no, I don't care if he's overpaid. Like, he's scoring goals. That is all that matters on this team right now because we need to score a ton of goals, obviously. Yeah, it's been it's been really good. That top line of, like, I think it's uh, B, Coots, and JVR, it's insane. I, two guys who are, like, well, one was a rookie last year and, like, has already surpassed however many goals he got last year by a ton. Um, he's got a hat trick, which was so much fun for me all the hat tricks on this team i miss them we need to start getting those again <laughs> i'm like i've been absolutely it's terrible because we can't throw hats but it's been great for me with all of the goals footage but yeah he's been absolutely stellar this year he's been like the travis connect me of last year like mm-hmm. how he was uh like he's been that good and he's really stepped up into that spot where like kind of pk has fallen off a bit uh which is a whole other thing uh that second line i think Daily Faceoff has Lawton, Kevin Hayes, and Konechny as the second oh line. Oh my god, the mustache line! I forgot about that yeah. line. I tried, to, I tried to remove it from my line. Oh, I know. The I, mustache I, line will be the end of me. I literally, I will go into their houses and make them shave. It's so bad. Scott Lawton can keep his because he had a great quote about it. He was like, I'm living the lifestyle now. And I'm like, that is the perfect best quote ever. Thank you, Mr. Scott Lawton. He can pull it off. I'm like, it's so bad. It's like infecting the rest of the team. Yeah. I'm like, PK, it's bad. Like, grow the beard back. I don't care. They're really good. <laughs> They're going to keep playing with the mustaches. And now, like, Nolan Patrick is, like, growing a mustache. Cooch shaved his beard, so I'm worried that he's starting to grow a mustache, which I will never, ever recover from. I cannot deal with this team. But they're they're producing really well. They're getting a lot of chances and stuff. They're not as flashy as the first line, obviously. Uh, the first line is just insane with yeah. the amount of goals that they're getting. But yeah, they've been producing as well. And that third oh line, gosh, what else? that third line is awesome on paper. I mean, Voracek isn't as good as he used to be. He's still pretty good. G is who he's, he is at this point. He's good now. He's, and and then no, yeah, that's a pretty good. That's a really good yeah. third line. Drew is is on fire this year, and he's he's done it multiple times. Again, this is second information. I'm like. People are like, oh my gosh, it feels like you've been around forever. I'm like, I just read a lot about this team now. I just hear a lot. I'm copying everybody else's opinions. But like, he's obviously held the team on his back for multiple years. He kind of carried the team, like that 100-point season that's never going to get old. He has the ability to really pull through. And that's something that he's doing this year, which is, once again, absolutely insane. He has upwards of 15 assists now and like six goals or something like that. He's, of course, like he's... Our, one of our best players. So it's it's been great to see that. 
And I'm hoping that, you know, Patrick got a goal too on that line. But, you know, it's, it's really more of a jump-starting line to get Patrick back to 3C, hopefully, or, or something like that. Because Giroux is not a center as much as not at this point in his career. Like, when you want to move him back to wing and you want to have that line be a jump-start, everybody, everybody there, and especially Jake, who is having some – it was great in the beginning of the season, but now he was kind of having some difficulty getting back after COVID. And so it's just making that better. I even like oh, your fourth that, line. Is that third line? Yeah. Your I even like – I um, like your four line. Lindblom, Raffel, and Kubel was pretty line. good. That's not a bad. You don't line. understand. I okay. literally we have the best fourth line in hockey. If when Scott Lawton is on that line, that that's what tells you he's on the second line right now. But at the beginning of the year, he's on that. He was on that fourth line with Knack and Raff, and like that's to me one the ideal fourth line, just because I love I love all of them, and I love chemistry that Scott and Raff have together. You know, Knack hasn't been the best player this year, but I really do like him, mostly because I, I really love his girlfriend on Twitter. Like, a lot of my opinions about these athletes are totally based on <laughs> non-athletic stuff. You know, I really do like him as a player. I like that line can produce even sometimes when they're on the fourth line. It's not just about, like, preventing people from scoring goals. They're, like, actually sometimes going out and scoring goals. And they can go up. That line can go up against kind of any line. Like, you can see how people can get moved around. Like, Scott Lawton is absolutely insane with how much he worked from he was he was on the Phantoms for a while, and then he yeah. like worked his way up, and it's like a great he can play wing, he can play center, he's making his way through the lineup, and he's on the second line now. That's it's insane. It just shows you how much people say depth a lot when they talk about this team. <laughs> for a, a while, we thought that was like okay, well they have a lot of players in the Phantoms who are pretty good and and who can get called up, but then we had like the COVID break, and then everybody got called up at once, and we had some some rough fourth lines there, but. You know, I think the depth really comes with how many good players that we have, all of those four lines, yeah. when they're all healthy and when they're all together. And when we have kind of a solid, in the way that uh, the Islanders are, they yeah. have really good players up and down. Like maybe they have a star in Matt Barzal, but like really solid people all throughout and yeah. people who can score and people who can produce. You know, it would be great to have people who can play defense. We would love to have people. Oh, who I'm can about play to ask you about team. defense. I'm about to ask you because it's obviously yet, been the issue this year. The defense has been the yeah, issue because the goaltending is having a hard time because the defense has been so leaky. It's giving up a lot of chances. It's made Hart's mm-hmm. life pretty difficult. I mean, yeah, no, Hart's been Hart's been bad. He at the beginning of the season we were like he's not as bad as his numbers look. I was I was giving a lot of the goalies even on the other teams they were struggling like a lot of them leeway because like they didn't have a preseason yeah. like they didn't have those like NHL caliber shots coming at them being able to being able to stop those shots at the beginning and kind of get into the groove there but then it kind of and so we were like okay he's kind of a bad save percentage he got pulled in that game against Buffalo like the third game so it was you know at the beginning it was kind of like he's not as bad as his numbers defense just keeps giving chances like nobody's really performing all that well ghost was gone for a while he was on covid protocol right at the beginning of the season and so you know we were like once everybody gets healthy coots coots was gone and he's like you know selkie winner plays a lot of good does a lot of good defensive stuff um and so we were not being too hard on him but then you know everybody's kind of healthy everybody's back to normal brian elliott was stunning in the role sparingly that we used him but then, you know, it started to get into the middle of the season and he started giving up bad chances. And as much as our defense is at fault for that, it's also sometimes on the goaltending because you want them to stop shots. 
And it would be so different if we had the goaltending from, like, I remember, like, even from just watching hockey in the bubble, Carter Hart was outstanding. Yeah. He was really, really good, especially for how young he is. He's so young. He's so young. You know, we don't have any concerns about him, like, for the long term just because he is so young. But, like, this year might be a down year just because goalies have those sometimes. Well, we and, know why he's having you a know, bad we, year. We know why he's having <laughs> Oh, obviously. We know we, why he's having it's, a bad It's all due to Twitter drama. Yeah. This man, oh, my God. It's ridiculous. I remember that that's the first banger tweet I ever had. And it's the one that I will regret forever because it got like mentioned in articles. I was oh, just like, oh that's always and so fun. then I got like people coming to it. I had to like mute it. But it was the one so mostly it was meant as like, a good joke. Like a lot of hockey players will like post random and like the worst shit ever and we're like, Okay, whatever. Like roll your eyes. That's our he's just stupid. He posted the thing about Ted Cruz about like internet security or something yeah. with the mind oh, section 230 yeah section 230 bro yeah it's bad it's ridiculous I, I hate him i know <laughs> it's bad because we both have hockey and politics brain because i know exactly the yep. type of person who shares that unironically and i'm like wow <sighs> these are the guys who are getting paid millions of dollars to play <laughs> hockey it's really bad. really and i know that i know he's from that part of alberta Sherwood Park or whatever, because I know so, I know someone in hockey fan who's from who's like from there, and she's like, that's exactly the type of person, exactly the type of person that I know who they, he is. And so I'm like, made a tweet about it, and I was like, oh my god, Jesus Christ! And so then that blew up. Oh my god, like I cannot believe this. This is so outrageous. And I was, I just want him to pay for my tuition. I'm like, <laughs> with all that money, I think what he should do is pay for my politics degree. You know, that kind of blew up. And then I'm going to blame it on that. We are going to blame it on that. Uh, he was exposed as a Ted Cruz stanny, And that is why he's having a terrible season. It's because Ted Cruz got, got all that hate for going to, like, Cancun or whatever. Yeah. In the middle of that Texas snowstorm and leaving everybody in the dust. <laughs> and then he was playing bad. You know, what's the real culprit here? Is it that he's just having an off year or that he can't hang out with his boyfriend, Ted Cruz? What is the, what is the correlation here? I think we need to we need to have some stats people on this immediately. I'm, um, I'm trying to work on a stat to quantify vibes because his vibes are definitely off. His vibes are definitely <laughs> okay. Off. We have to get into this. It's called wifeability. When you have vibes, you're a wife, and that's why that's why Carter Hart is not wife. That's why I never that's why I never drop pictures of Carter Hart and say new wife just dropped. Just a whole other Twitter thing. Oh my god. We're gonna get there. We're but, gonna uh, get there. Yep, yeah, we're gonna get there. All right. So you tra- we transitioned it nicely here. I was talking about this with one of my friends the other day who is also a way too online hockey person, but she was telling me she thinks that the Flyers get this reputation of being like such a weird online team because their fans are so online. And I think I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I yeah, know who yeah. all of these people are. I know all these details about them because Flyers fans are like, did you know Travis Konechny wears camouflage everywhere he goes? Yeah, yeah now I do. Now I do. Running yeah. down the list here. The first one I have here is Nolan Patrick. At first, I didn't really understand it. The whole, he's so like a child, he needs to be protected. And then I forgot, I was like, oh yeah, he missed like a whole season because he was had really bad migraines and just lost a year of his life from migraines. Now I kind of understand that. The whole, well, we gotta look out for this guy. This is our child. We collectively all want to see him do well. He's so mean and he's so terrible. And I'm sure like just... In general, he's absolutely just the most hockey dude ever. But the fact that he has, like, long hair and that he's very mean-looking, like, that just draws us to him. And that he has this compelling story of, oh, my gosh, he was second in the draft. You know, everybody had really big expectations for him. And then, you know, he was fine the first two years. Like, he was definitely producing. 
some players who come in from the draft, you know, absolutely stellar immediately. But, you know, there's a lot of catching up to do in the NHL. And he, like, had a lot of surgery on the tourneys before he came in. And fine, those first two years. But then it, it came out. He was getting hit in the head a lot with, like, yeah. a lot of pucks and a lot of dirty headshots. And so it did end up being kind of a tragic story because, like, all we wanted was, like, this young player to, like, come back, be good at his job. And then it, it turned into a whole missed season and like essentially two years if you yeah. count with everything uh in the bubble and stuff and just with how late the season started essentially two years of not playing hockey and so that's that's really tough and I know like a lot of us sympathize with that we don't want to play like armchair psychologist for this dude at all you know a lot of us have, have dealt with a lot of us are like washed up jocks I totally am you know my high school career I couldn't I couldn't quite finish whatever I was doing in high school just because the coronavirus ended and like you know, there's worse injuries happen. Some people like deal with migraines, have to deal with that on a daily basis and know how chronic those can be and like how debilitating those can be. And that storyline that's there. And of course, I don't want like the NHL to profit off a player that's injured and like, having this struggle. You know, a lot of us feel compelled to relate to that and really root for him. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't like how they handled Lindblom essentially yeah. coming back into the NHL. But I get that if it's a sports thing, it's a sports thing. And they're going to make that into an inspirational story. They want to have him come back and play hockey. And he wants that. And so I'm like, okay, we have these players, have these great stories, you know, are thankfully, as as far as we know, well and good and are trying to get back to where they were. And so, you you know, you want to root for those guys. And you want to root for them having great careers and I think it's it's that compelling aspect, and then there's also, like, the fandom aspect of, you know, a lot of us really like Patrick just because, you know, he has moments from interviews, like, forever ago that are funny, and he seems like just, again, all these hockey people are just dudes. Yeah. He also seems like he was kind of mean in interviews. Like, it's kind of compelling. He's So we want to we wanna get back to that. We want to get this revenge tour narrative. We, wanna, we want to root for these guys as much as possible, not necessarily for our hockey team to do well, I think that's kind of like a selfish way to look at it. Like as much as we want that, I want them to be good for themselves, yeah. like more than anyone else. And so that's, I think, a storyline that definitely has gotten to a lot of fans and is something that like makes people want to watch their careers progress. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And that's why I'm like people who like hate on Patrick and and especially Lindy. I'm like, get over yourself. You want to root for these guys. You don't want to just pass them off as like and be mean to them. You know who won't see you being mean to him? Nolan Patrick. You know who will see you being mean to Nolan Patrick? The people who deal with migraines on a daily basis. The people who are on this app and rooting for these players and love to watch hockey despite having terrible health conditions or whatever. You want to be able to live, not live, enjoy sports in a community that's like rooting for people. And that's not actively looking for anybody's downfall and not actively trolling against people who like wish good on players. I think they're pretty online, not just because... We have um, we have so many wonderful players on our team, so many wonderful vibe vibe players on our team. But like also, there's a lot of storylines coming in. Our our baby goalie essentially, like yeah. before he was terrible, he was like, oh my gosh, our baby goalie, he's a, our savior because our city is so bad with goalies. When you yeah. only have like eight of them, like so this this little baby goalie came down from. Canada has come to save our team and so you know that's even now that's a pretty good storyline even though he's having a terrible season like it's something that draws people in and I don't think we capitalize it enough I guess that's kind of the fandom's job to capitalize on it and do like free promo for the league but I'm like 
there's so much here. There's so much content here to consume. And a lot of it's fan created, but a lot of it could come from the league. Like I'm always begging for like more footage, more interviews with players. Oh my God. Just any more content to consume because, you know, we all have hockey brain hot and we all want to just talk about hockey all the time, which is something that I never, ever imagined wanting to do. But here we are. I have so many ideas rattling around in my brain as a social media manager. All right, Kevin Hayes wants exactly. to do this. Kevin Hayes wants to talk and sound like the turtle from Finding Nemo. Okay, I can work with it. <laughs> He's the only one. He's the. That's what's so frustrating too. Kevin Hayes. I'm a known Kevin Hayes hater. Even <laughs> if he's doing well, I'm like, that's the worst player on our team. Get rid of him. Just because I don't. He's got very frat boy energy, and I'm like, I'm sure he's said stuff in interviews where I'm like, that's ridiculous. He's a like stooly, like hardcore. Oh, makes me exhausted. And he's very Bostonian, like yeah. very, very Bostonian. Oh yeah. He's, but he's really great at talking to media. Like yeah. I remember during the during the bubble, he was the one person who would always be on with the TV people or the social media people. He was he and Gritty, of course, were like yeah. always the lightning rod for just creating content. I I get that these people are hockey players, and I get that they're boring as hell, and I get that. You know, a lot of them don't want to do media day and like, fine, they want to play hockey, but create an environment where they feel comfortable being fun. And everybody talks about chemistry with this team. And I'm like, I think that's so true. They have a great locker room. They do fit together. You know, we have all the pieces. We have all the talent. And it's just, that's also something I wonder with this, with this season is like, they don't get to hang out as much. Like they don't get to, nobody talks about this. Like they don't get to have those off ice conversations with each other. They don't really get to have that like, you know, hanging out after the game, like going to restaurants. They don't like, have dude time. They don't have bro like, time. They don't have dude time. And I'm like, I hate dude time. I'm like, who cares? Like, they're just, they're paid to go and they're paid to like go and play hockey and all of these things. But also, you know, I want to have, you know, I want them, if, if that's, I wonder if that's a, an element that's missing. Cause I know that Kevin Hayes said that he was really sad when he couldn't take the new guys out to dinner or like yeah. all of this stuff. And, I'm like, that could be an element that's, like, missing from chemistry. Like, that could be, like, or confidence even. Like, I know they talk in group chats. I know that we're all having to deal with this stuff. But I'm like, that's something that not a lot of people are, like, really thinking about in the conversations. Like, they're not having practices all the time. Like, they'll have, like, one or two in between games. Like, they have a a tiny preseason. Like, or not, or tiny training camp. Like, it's not really, they don't have, like, the team vibe as somebody who's like been on a team before and like knows how much that can contribute to um producing stuff you know i know they're professionals i know they're supposed to be doing their jobs on their own but like it's also a very team-minded sport and like if you can't hang out with your bros you know you can't produce on ice with your bros so (laughs) yeah you know there's there could be some issues with that i'm like people are so frustrated with this team and i'm like it could just be like they're all dealing with stuff like they're dealing with coronavirus in their own life their entire lives have changed just like the rest of us and i'm like i'm not doing well i'm like my mental health is obviously bad because i'm following hockey but like it could be it could they could have that as well like they could really be struggling with something like that and like i keep reading a lot of these player articles of like they're having they're going to see the the um like team health specialists like mental health specialists and i'm like the team therapists and stuff and i'm like thank god that some most i think most of these organizations have those people and can have that outreach because like there's obviously a lot that's like missing from this team sport obviously they have ice time together obviously they don't have to like 
wear masks on the ice, like, even though I'm like, oh, God, I wish they would, because now yeah. the, all the Ranger stuff is coming out. I'm so worried about that game. But, um, you, you know, I wish that we could kind of know if, if something's up with that. Like, it's obvious. It seems pretty obvious to me that, like, you know, maybe there isn't chemistry there as much as there was, like, last year because, you know, they're, they're not vibing as much. So, you know, maybe that's just a purely, like, fandom speculation thing. Like, oh, my gosh, my dudes, my bros, they're, like, not vibing together. But, like, I think that that could be an element to this, like, an element to play. But they're also – some of them are doing really good. So, it's – again, it's just hockey. No, um, I, that's a hundred percent a real thing, and you can see it even as a fan because specifically I can speak to this because I had Kevin Hayes on my team for a few years, and I had Elaine Vigneault as my oh, coach yeah. for a few years, and like yep. historically, it's known Vigneault doesn't like tell them anything; he just lets them do whatever they want. He police, they police themselves, hmm. they deal with everything in the room. He leaves it on the leaders to kind of buck up if things aren't going well, and hmm. they're traditionally he's always had the veterans take care of everything. The veterans organize things. Like, yeah. I remember during the 2015 I mean, and that's, that's great for this team. That's great for this team because it's a lot of vets and yeah. a lot of children. <laughs> so yeah. it, kind of is, it kind of does feel like that. I know there's people in between, but it's it's a lot of veteran older groups that are kind of taking these younger players under their wing. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, c- continue. My, my, no, no, because there's a specific anecdote I remember. From 2015, the Rangers were playing the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost game one. They lost game – no, they won game one. They lost game two. They lost game three. They go to Tampa. They're down two games to one. And A.V. tells Rick Nash, I need you to do something. We don't look great. He rented out a movie theater, and they went to see the Entourage movie. All the boys went to go see the Entourage movie. You cannot think of a more hockey hockey player thing than that. Oh, my God. Oh god, Entourage has oh not aged well. It's a very funny TV show, but it has not aged well at all. Like I rewatched oh it god. not too long ago when the pandemic first started last summer, and I was just kind of floored. I was like, I thought this was funny a while ago, and it's still kind of funny, but none of these jokes work anymore. It's all gay panic jokes, and it's like <laughs> this doesn't work. Oh, I know. It's not. It's, oh my god, stuff doesn't age as well. No, it really doesn't. But yeah, exactly. Something like that reminds me of like, you know, they. Kind of as much as stress that they were put on, put under in the bubble, like they still were able to hang out with each other. Like they still definitely had, like they they had a movie theater in there. And as much as like it kind of sucked to be in that bubble and all of these stories came out like, oh my God, it was like a prison. But like they, they had each other and they could yeah. like discuss things and like chillax and hang out and play video games or whatever. Like they still had, they could, they had an outlet for that chemistry and like, I don't know, like, they were pretty good at the beginning of that bubble, and, yeah. like, they were, I, that was some of the best, and I know they were just, like, playing games, but, like, I remember, like, that, you know, that was kind of, like, oh, my God, uh, maybe the Flyers are actually, like, picking up where they left off, and when they were really good last year, that for those, like, two months, like, now they're, they're keeping together, and they're keeping really good, so, like, that could be, factor in it and I know as the bubble went on everybody started getting miserable and I'm like I'm sure that like maybe that factor into play into play maybe it's just because the aisles are like they were better <laughs> like maybe <laughs> the aisles... they shouldn't have hold on they shouldn't have held on for that long but like yeah um they were you know there was still that element of like okay these guys are playing great hockey and they're still 
had that chemistry. And I think some of that got broken. Um, not just like the lust in that mixman or whatever, because like, okay, like <laughs> it's one guy. It, you, we knew he was going to retire yeah. eventually. We thought it was going to be a year from now, but oh well. Uh, but you know, I think some of that kind of got lost. Um, and I think that you know, I know I don't want to be like hard on these hockey players, but like also, who cares? They're not going to see what I write. Unless they have some like burners following me, which I hope so. I hope they do. I hope they see me. I hope. I hope. <laughs> I hope they're like, oh my god. I I wonder what uh, user sweetest meant said about me on Twitter today. What meme did she share? Like, <laughs> no. But um, you know, I'm sure they don't care what I think. But I'm like, that would be something that's like interesting to think about. Like, I wonder if they're having a hard time just because it's such a weird season. And other than it being like absolutely tiring and exhausting, I know some some teams are still struggling, like even when they have everything going in their favor. Yeah. And like that could that could be just an element of like just not having a locker room that's that can be together. Yeah. Um but yeah. That's my two cents on it. I what were, what were we even talking about? Like We were I'm talking about Kevin there. Hayes. We were talking about Kevin Hayes being funny. So True. You mentioned the hockey brain rot more than once. So it's time for the. So explain your first fan cam. So take me through your thought process. You saw some people doing this and you thought, okay, I'm going to do one. How did you pick so the player? People, How did you pick oh the song? So there's, there's two fan cams actually on this website that I don't think anybody saw because I don't, I don't, I don't promote them. But they were for the two draft picks that I really okay. liked from Philadelphia Flyers. Because I was like, usually I was content with like, oh my god, I, I really like watching these fan cams. Like, they're really fun. And I like when people create them and make them. I'm like, I could never do one, though. And so I'd always like to share them. But then I was like, you know, I love I love the, um, I think I have a spiritual connection with the draft class of 2020. Just because I graduated in 2020. And like, I didn't really get to have a graduation. But like, you know, they didn't really get to have a draft year. So like, I, I kind of vibe with that. And, you know, I had, I, I really like Tyson Forrester and I really like Dave Wisdom and they're like childhood besties, which like wonderful for my narrative personally. I'm like, I love these two. And like Dave's killing it in the AHL now, like before he's back from uh, injury. So that's really good. But, you know, it was like draft day. I think this was back in like October. And I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are so great. Like, why don't they have any fan cams for them? Like, it's just going to be, like, you know, blurry AHL footage, or not AHL, like, OHL footage, but, like, it's just going to be, you know, I kind of want to make one. And so I, like, I think the first one was to Bubblegum Bitch by um, Marina and the Diamonds, I think. And so that was because Tyson Forrester has him with Bubblegum in his, like, um profile picture so I was like oh my gosh like that's so funny if I would do that and so it was like it's so bad like it's terrible it like wasn't the right ratio it wasn't timed correctly but like I just you know it was really fun to make and then people were like oh it's so cute and then I made one for Zade because I was like oh my gosh I love this story um and so you know it was just like these fun little exercises and then people would share them and then one day I was like, I want to make another. I really want to make another. And like people had told me about like this new app that I could like add filters to. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like I definitely learned how to like do a lot of my fan cam stuff from 
other people from other mm-hmm. fan cam creators like that's how I even that's how I even like look for inspiration now like I will go and seek out the fan cams that like I really love and I'll like look at them and watch them and like see what people do and like I mean that's how all art is created by like seeing and loving other people's art and you know that's something that I've learned like you want to learn from somebody else kind of what works and whatever you like about something like you have to make it into your own and so I think like my my the best way to come up with fan cam ideas is to just like listen to a ton of music and like you know so I, I listened to like a bunch of music and like I guess I was on like I think I was on a pitbull kick one day uh <laughs> like one random day uh I miss that dude he should start making music again he probably does still make music and I just don't care but like man those were some bangers on the radio uh so I was listening to Pitbull one day and I was like, I tweeted out, I think like Pitbull fan cam when? I'm like, when are we doing this? Like that would be such a great idea. And then somebody was like, oh my God, I love Fireball. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a second. And I like put on Fireball and I was like, you know who this would be absolutely perfect for? I'm like, Travis connect me. I'm like, I've always wanted to make a fan cam and there's so much footage of him. Why don't I just do it? And then I make the my masterpiece my absolute like never will be ever be topped ever again uh I'm trying to think of the word there's like a word for masterpiece that's like whatever whatever it's like the best thing I ever created and nothing will ever beat it my magnum opus you got it uh TK Fireball was my magnum opus uh and it was it kind of blew up a little bit and so from then on I was like making a bunch of fan cams I was, I was like I probably should be should have been doing more college work because like this was in the middle of like I had like midterms and stuff and I was like oh but I really want to make this video and so I like made the video and then that was like getting a lot of likes and I just kept making them and it was like a lot of fun and it was just a way for me to like look through footage and like I hadn't done art in a while like yeah. I you know I took AP art in like high school and I was like I'm like big into drawing and stuff but I never I never worked with video before. I never, you know, I never really tried to learn any software about it. Um, you know, I knew a little bit of Adobe, like Illustrator and Photoshop and whatnot and how those kind of work. But, you know, and then I started, I, I started to go, it was Capwing that I was using at first, which is, I think, it's a probably now like defunct. I think they had a glitch, which eventually forced me to learn Adobe. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, back when I was still using Capwing, I think, um, Def Driver <laughs> from Broad Street Hockey, uh, and SB Nation, she's like really cool. And I was like, this was back when I had, I think I had like, like I was slowly getting followers too, which is still insane to me. I don't know why people follow me online. All I do is spam. You're like, funny. All I do is just, I shit post. Like, I That's don't know funny. why though. I don't know. It's not to me. I'm like, I... <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why you're here. Like, I'm just literally insane, but like, I'll tweet, like, whatever. But, you know, people started following me, and then, like, they, a lot of, like, fan cams is what a lot of people started following me for. And I was like, I'm just going to make more of these because I really like making them. And I have a lot of, like, like, sometimes a song will hit me, and then I'll, like, think of a, it'll, it'll, it'll usually be like, I'll have a song stuck in my head for a couple days. And then I'll be like, okay, so this is probably going to be a fan cam song. Like, it's always a song that is annoying as hell and gets stuck in your head. You can't get it out. 
and all you want to do is play that song, that's when I know that that's going to be good for a fan cam. And so, you know, then I'll like think about players and I'll think about like first all the flyers and then like, you know, the ones from the other teams that I like, but like, you know, and then it usually hits. Like I'm like, oh, I really like to do it to this person. And then I'll try it and I'll like rough draft it. And then I'll, you know, put it out into the world like a little teaser and if you know I kind of like it and everybody else kind of likes it I'll like finish it but um you know I I made like a ton like I made so many I made I started I made a college football one for like that long-haired Trevor Lawrence what is it Trevor Lawrence yes he's the Noel he's the Noel Patrick of football yeah he's really cool (laughs) I don't know anything about this dude I don't know anything about this dude all I know is that he's like maybe going to the Jets or the Jaguars which like to him I'm gonna kill him but um you know so I know I know like a little bit about like just finding like good solo footage and like setting it to music and like just creating a story with it and so eventually I started like getting a little bit more ambitious with like just you know the tiny little you know not that many tools that I had but like I started doing it to different music and tried to challenge myself um and then uh, going back to I like said Steph's name earlier, but like she started like discovering fan cams and I like went under her post and was like, Oh my god, like you started discovering fan cams and I dropped TK Fireball there and she was like, Oh my god, I love this. No, it was Elaney. So Elaney uh strong forecheck uh on Twitter, mm-hmm. she she tweeted like so we were we were friends because like uh or mutuals or whatever. I like to call everybody my friend, but um so I started tweeting about the WNHL or the NWHL. And so, you know, cause I want to support women's hockey. I love them. Uh, go ribs, go ribs. But um, I made them a fan cam and then um, Eleni was following me. And so she was, she had seen all of my fan cams too. And she was like, people should hire the fan cam kids. Cause like a lot of the same stuff, like they're like a lot of, a lot of the people who are creating content for these teams online are like, you know, making them really engaging and making them, I know that my fan camps, like, at least two of my friends have, like, asked about hockey players and, like, actually started watching games because of the content that I put out, which I'm honored to, like, that's an honor that, like, something that I made would uh, give other people hockey brain rot, but, uh, you know, it's really, it's really good how that happened, and then Eleni made a Twitter thread, she was like, everybody should hire the fan camp kids, which I think is so funny, like fan cam kids but like that's kind of what we are um so she was like everybody's they're like doing such good work and then I think she tagged me at the bottom of the thread and then I guess so Steph followed her and then found that thread and retweeted it and then like found my fan cams and retweeted some of them and I was like oh my god like I have TK Fireball for you and I like replied underneath her tweet and it was like absolutely insane because she like slid into my DMs the next morning and was like, hey, do you want to come uh, maybe create some content for Broad Street Hockey? And I was like, as somebody who like listens to the Broad Street Hockey like podcasts and stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is insane. I'm like, <laughs> I like screamed, like I legitimately screamed, I let her scream and I like ran to my mom and I was like, that's when I had to explain what the hell a cam was because she like did not, she did not get it. Like I showed her all of them and like she's staring at her phone all confused and I was like, yeah, that's kind of the reaction I get sometimes. But you know, she she went on with it and I was like, let me do my thing. 
And so then um, I started creating content for broadsheet hockey. Um, again, this is, I still don't know anything about hockey. I'm yeah. like, I'm in a, I'm in like a slack with all the writers and stuff and the people who like really know their stuff about the flyers. And I'm like, I'm just absor- absorbing all this information because I know absolutely zero about this team other than like all these fun players, all this fun, uh, you know, let's play that hockey kind of thing. So, you know, it's just been a really cool learning experience. And then Kathleen broke down uh, also when I was like in the middle of everything. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to cave. And, you know, since now I have like, you know, the monetary excuse to like, okay, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to like spend a couple bucks on um, getting Adobe Premiere, which is like what I really wanted to do from the beginning. I got those parts, but um, you know, I wanted to go out and I wanted to get Adobe Premiere, and so I that was a bit of a learning curve. But like, you just go in and you like go on YouTube and you read all these articles, and it's like, as somebody who's worked with Adobe before, it's kind of easy to once you get the hang of it, you get the hang of it. And I feel like with every single video that I make nowadays, like it's just like another uh light switch coming on. Like it's just you learn so I learned so much with every single video and so I'm like really grateful to have like kind of the monetary backing or support or like just just the incentive to like make a video every like make two make two or so videos like every week for this team that I really like and then I still have like time on the side if I want to do like Mitch Marner you know another video editing pro- yep yep Mitch Marner that was a yep that was a big time bring that one but yeah it's been it's been really great just to have a just a community of like people who are like really like fan cams and they get they get like a lot of likes and I'm like people people will compliment me underneath like the videos and I'm like oh I'm like that's so like I love it but uh you know it means a lot and I really do like making them and I feel like I'm learning with every single one which is like really rewarding um yeah how tedious is the process of putting them together? Because I know just like making videos on Premiere, you need a lot of B-roll and you end up being like, oh, I've been on YouTube for three hours. I've been on the NHL website for two hours. And yeah. I've been there. Oh, I've been there. The thing is, I think I'm, I'm, I'm better with fire footage now because I mm-hmm. kind of, um, again, I was in that like stage of like just consuming all the fires content everywhere as much as possible which I think kind of helped me like know where all the footage is and kind of not go down as much of a rabbit hole when trying to find and download stuff. But, um, you know, it's, it's also a different thing with Adobe because I can't just type in the website. I have to go, I have to download it, like put it onto my computer. But that's also a good thing because it's just all at my fingertips. Like, so now once I have all the footage downloaded, now it's like so easy to go in and edit it. And um, so that's been like, it's mostly that's why I stick to mostly one team because mm-hmm. like just going in and trying to find so much footage for other people it's it, it's kind of a Herculean task yeah. like it can it can really take hours and so I that's another thing about like having a lot of fan cam creators and like being friends with a lot of people like they will show me where it is like they'll show you like okay so this is like the main video that like a lot of people use but like there's a lot of shots in here that you know you might want and kind of once you get the hang of like where the league likes to put footage it can be pretty easy to just go in and download stuff and um yeah so it's 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 
the more you do it, the faster it gets, which is kind of a rule, like, wherever. But yeah. um, it that really happened to me with fan cams. You know, the, the, I mean, I spent all day, all day, one day, wasting time making TK Fireball, which, um, you know, was partially due to, like, my computer, but partially due to, like, I had no idea where to start. Um, but it, you know, I just got faster and faster and faster, and that kind of helps me create just more content and more content that I like and like it it enables me to have drafts of things and you know not have to touch them and kind of sleep on them um but yeah it's it's a really good way to just be able to learn something quickly is just to make a lot of it and I never I never thought I never thought I would be editing video like that was something that I never ever touched even though I was like interested in going to art school and interested in you know, learning how to do all this, like, I, I learned graphic design in high school, but, like, you know, it's just a whole other learning curve that, like, somehow I, like, helped sidestep by, like, doing something that, like, doing it with something that I love, so, um, you know, kind of cheesy, but uh, it, it kind of helped me in that learning process of, like, not just, not just, like, the ability to edit hockey fan cam videos, but, like, the ability to edit videos, period, and, like, mm just know my way around Adobe Premiere so that's like kind of a skill that I have now that I didn't have before so it's been really cool yeah I, I know I've got the illness now because I'm watching hockey waiting to see what the second cam is after someone scores a goal and it's like I've right? I've I've only made experimental ones like I haven't published any of them and I still I'm am excited like, for you God, don't, don't, because then I am, I am. I will stare I, it. You know I will. I, I know you will. You're a good. I love all. I love fan cams. You're a good person like that. Not my, just that. My 2015 MacBook. It sounds like a jet engine sometimes, and it, it's concerning. It's concerning. I feel that. I feel that. I mean, I have a brand new one, and sometimes it's like. Yeah. <laughs> How's it feel to know Justin Bieber copied your whole flow and dropped the fan cam? Oh my god, I was so mad at it at first. I was like, that's ridiculous. Because we joke, we joke. So, setting the scene for this. So, it was like, one night, like, online, I was like, I'm, I've always been a closet fan of the Leafs, just because, like, they were kind of the team, like, half the team that brought me into hockey. Just, like, you know, because so many people talk about them. But, um, you know, I've always been a little bit of a fan. I, like, you know, I can enjoy when they lose because it's like really funny when they lose. Uh, but uh, you know, I've always always kind of liked them. Um, and I don't know, maybe even just in Philly, but I like an underdog story. So there are a lot of fan cams about them already. But um, and I was also I was also kind of in the middle of making one. And then the Leafs go and decide to collab with Justin Bieber, <laughs> and so he releases a song, and they release a full length video like a full like edit of that song with maybe holy fuck but it's like in the exact style of a fan cam like all they were missing was like the 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 ratio of like yeah. the square like that's all they were missing but like even then not every fan cam does have that so it's like it's a fan cam it's a professional fan cam i joke all the time about teams putting out fan cams but it's usually for like non-copyrighted music because of course they have to do that and of course they like don't want to have to like pay artists to like do the you know it's like a yeah. whole thing and i'm like i get that but they make like little edits for the teams to, like promote and i'm like that's really cool i would love that job but um they just just mirror was like hey use my song for a fan cam and then they did it and they dropped it and i was like i've seen better fan cams on this website like 
sure and then i like followed the editor like the t- the main video editor of the lease and i was like <sighs> now that song's stuck in my head <laughs> now that song is stuck in my head and that's the true like i think for me that's the true measure of a good fan cam is if like you can listen to that song and close your eyes and like see the fan cam and that's totally what happens now because i've i've found myself going back and watching that video and that's something that like is so embarrassing because it's like but also i'm like okay this is a team that like gets how and it got tons of engagement i'm like yeah. that's they get like how to cross over with an artist with a musical artist fan cams and like make something that like is really engaging and like people want to come back to and like as much as i like okay i think people should like you know they should get all of the people who are like making the fan cams on their own time and like kind of cultivate that talent on their own but like they have they have a video editor obviously who like was able to make that and like make it interesting and engaging and i'm like that's kind of like a dream like that's really cool so like have all that footage i talk all the time about the the flyers and like how much slow-mo content i'm sure that they have i'm like i want to like stick my somewhere. fingers in it's just sitting somewhere <laughs> and they'll just like really they'll release they're better about it now because sometimes they'll release like slow-mo goals and i'm like you don't know how much like that means to me and like the sellies because they'll, they'll air the sellies but they won't post them and so you have to yeah. go find them on youtube like people who will upload them and it's not always in like you know the hd that they have on the nhl website and like that's so you know i'm like we're struggling out here and i'm like you should make as much of this footage public as possible because if people are going to make fan cams anyway like let them make fan cams because like that is how people are getting engagement and that is how people are coming towards your team not everybody like i'm sure people are like actual normal people and just get into hockey because they like hockey but like a lot of people or like a, a decent amount of people are like sharing fan cams and if it you know, I've seen, like, even people on this website who are fans are, like, I kind of want to watch this team's games now, just because, like, they see how much the fans care about them, and they see, um, you know, the content they create, and, like, the hockey that they're creating it around, so it's kind of, it's, it's, and what I really like is, like, how different the styles of fan cams yeah. can be, like, That's mine really are, true. mine are very, yep, Mine are very action-based, and, like, I, I don't know how I got to that. I don't know. I think I just really like goal footage. Like, I can really see that in my fan cams. But, like, a lot of them are just player-based. Like, they'll just be interviews and, like, you know, and they'll uh, make, like, a ton of fan cams that are just, like, mostly, like, they're not thirst fan cams. Like, I don't want to call them thirst fan cams. But it's, like, really advertising the player specifically yeah. over, like, their play necessarily. And so there's, like, it's really, really um it's like a medium that's really flexible Uh that's like it seems strange because like every fan cam like down to its parts is kind of the same thing it's just like footage over whatever music but like it's you know i don't think i could i'm not sure that i'll ever get tired of it like i love to see like even with the same footage i love to see everybody's you know different takes on it and different ideas and you know it's just i love to share them too i've always loved to share them and then um you know that leads into making them like that totally leads into making content uh 
But yeah, I think I think Justin Bieber understands the power of fan camps is what I'm getting at. I think that he he went online, he saw TK Fireball and he said, I want that. I want that. I want them to use my music and I want to take my Leafs fanboyism to the next level and I want them to do it. So in my mind, Justin Bieber created that fan cam. But um I know it was a professional but like I like to think of like Justin Bieber sitting at a whatever computer and like punching a wall over like the fact that this one clip isn't long enough and like he just needs like one more second of footage just to complete this clip. You know, like <laughs> that's 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 a really funny visual to me. But like I like how you know, you saw a bunch of Justin Bieber fans in the comments and you yeah. saw like them, you know, cut <laughs> they weren't necessarily always engaging with the content. Uh but they were sharing fan games too. Like they were you know, they enjoyed watching that video and they enjoyed consuming that content. And so did like Leafs fans. Like I know a lot of them again like shared that video and enjoyed it. And so I think it's it's just something that can be positive all around. Like whenever artists like even like people who do like regular normal like non video art, like not normal, but like non video art. Like who do like two D or like illustrative design kind of things. Like that can be again really engaging like whenever artists can get involved into hockey and like involved in marketing the game I think that's so valuable and I think that anybody who doesn't jump on that like any kind of team or like organization like involved with hockey when they don't jump on that like it can be when they do jump on that it's huge I'm like because they're supporting artists and they're uh they're making the game more enjoyable and more fun like, like, even if the hockey's terrible, I'm like, if you have memes and fan cams that, like, refute that, it doesn't matter. Like, people watch those games. Like, I never thought I'd be, like, a fan of, not, yeah, a fan of the Red Wings. Like, who cares? But then, like, people are, like, making fun content about them, and, like, they really care about that team. And so it feels really good whenever they get a win. And so yeah. I made, like, a Red Wing. I made a Bertuzzi fan cam. Just yeah. I, like, I'm like, he's a cool player. And somebody called him a junkyard dog once like I know a song that mentions a junkyard dog like that'd be really cool to you know mix the footage with and so that was just something that I ended up doing and then people really liked it and so yeah I guess that leads into the conversation of like how I got involved in like other players <laughs> like yeah I was gonna pick your brain a little bit about your general hockey nonsense like why do you dislike the Bruins so much? Why do you dislike the Islanders? Like, let's start there. Why do you dislike the Bruins so much? God. What about what about their vibes are off? What don't you like? Oh my God, they're like one of the like I know I call the Flyers the worst fan base one because we are and like, <laughs> but like, God, the Bruins. Um, I just mostly it comes from like bending the Bruins. I think. <laughs> I feel like anybody who's not a Bruins fan understands that. Like, maybe maybe it's, like, some kind of, like, internal Leafs thing also of, like, hating the Bruins. But, like, and also that, like, their time should be up. I'm so mad that they've been so good for so long. I haven't been around, been around for that long. But I'm mad that they, they're, so, they're still good. Like, it's ridiculous. They've been so good for so long. And they're still, we still can't beat them, which is also terrible. Um and I also don't have many, I have, like, one or two Bruins fans that I follow, and, like, but, like, no more than that, because I, like, cannot deal with it, um, just because they win so much, 
I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. And now we're stuck in the same division. And this <laughs> this division sucks so bad. Oh, I was just but, about um, to ask about that because I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I saw the division announcement at the beginning of the end. I was like, well, we're fucked. We're going to win, like, 23 games all year. This is going to go well. And, like, I didn't come in with expectations, but good God, man, playing the Bruins twice in three days, playing the Islanders twice in three days, playing you guys twice in three days is draining. I know, I know. It's not, and it's not just for the team. Like, it's definitely also on the fans. Yeah. Like, the fans, because we love our teams. Like, we, we really care if they do lose or, you know, and every night, every night it feels like a playoff game. And every night it feels like we're getting close to the playoffs. And, like, sure, we're moving it, like, absolute breakneck speed towards it but we're not there yet like we're not quite there yet but it it, it keeps feeling like that just because every just because the season's going so, so quickly and it started so late so it's just we're all we all love hockey but this is kind of a lot of hockey and it's kind of a lot of really difficult hockey like I would love a game I would love a game versus the um Anaheim Ducks or like like sharks like just i would love a random game a palate like, cleanser yeah please i don't want to play the islanders again i we played them so much we played so many games against all of these teams and like like we can't even get a break against buffalo like yeah even one of our games i swear to god didn't it go to like overtime or yeah something? it's we cannot get a break and nobody can catch a break, and I feel bad for the players, but I also feel terrible for the fans because it's just we're all on like bubble playoffs hockey brain, where it's just we have constant hockey, there's no stops, and like that's great for me. That's great for my Twitter brand because <laughs> I can just complain all day about hockey and not seem like an absolute insane person for being on like when they don't play a game in two weeks, like or like. You know, when they have, like, long breaks in between games, and I'm, like, if I'm on there, like, tweeting about hockey 24-7, like, then I look like the crazy person. But now everybody's online talking about hockey 24-7, and so I'm not insane. I'm just a very dedicated fan. <laughs> um, so now, <laughs> like, during the summer, I was, like, during the off-season, like, I was, like, I was still tweeting about hockey every day. And I'm, like, that's how bad this, this point out is. I'm, like, they're not even playing, and I'm still, like, I'm watching, I'm watching null pat scrimmages on my phone, like, during class. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, me watching little blurry, like, hockey things on my phone. But it's, it's a lot of hockey, and there's a lot of tension that has been built up around fan bases, and that's why I find that muting all Islanders fans is something that is very good for my mental health as well. Because I don't think they deserve nine straight, and I'm going to be mad about it forever. I don't care. All right. I'll say care. this about the Islanders. I will say this. They play extremely boring hockey. It is not good to watch. Ugh. But they win games, so we have to acknowledge that they win games because they play a style of game. I don't have to acknowledge that they win games. I'm also a serious. they win games. I'm equal parts a serious hockey person and equal parts a, sheer, a hockey shit poster. okay? I am both at the same time. I have to acknowledge that. They don't exist. You can do that. I am also like, you know, I, I try and do the journalism thing from time to time. So I have to acknowledge when a hockey team fair, is playing well. Fair. Yeah. Fair. So why do you like the Baby Rangers? I love the Baby Rangers. So I think I just like, <laughs> I think I'm very like, I think this is also partially Eleni's fault. I mentioned her yeah. already, but 
she was the first Rangers fan I think I followed. And so I was like, oh, and Rebecca is like, so all, all these people online, like, it's mainly like the fan bases that draw me in. But like, there's some great fan cams for the Rangers. There's some like, re- y'all are really funny for yeah. like no reason. You don't deserve it. But like, it's very funny when you guys, you also had Tony D'Angelo, which is kind yeah. of the main reason I was like really hating on the Rangers so much. Like, I know you still have, like, terrible people on your team. Lemieux, I'm looking at you. But, like, <laughs> you still, like, <laughs> go away. Go to an AHL team. But um, he's, your team is, like, behind that surface. Like, there's still, like, it's a young team. And it's, yeah. like, a young and a cute team. And, like, there's that cute story of, like, even though the organization's, like, bad or whatever. Because y'all kept Tony D'Angelo around. Why? But... <laughs> also that 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 time when um <laughs> that time when he was placed on rape waivers after the goalie punched him. Yeah. Oh my God. That was like that one was, direction levels of pandemonium. That was one direction <laughs> on Twitter levels of pandemonium that day. Where someone that was like was yeah, another he... day that was so funny. <laughs> that was two they straight have, days like, of pot shots at Tony D'Angelo. That was hysterical. Oh my God, it was so funny. So funny. So like you know, somehow it's <laughs> like, you know that like Harry Potter meme where it's like Doctor McGonagall or like Prof- Professor McGonagall, whatever her name is, and it's like the three why always you three, yeah. Why is it always you three? It's like why is it always Tony D'Angelo making doing funny, <laughs> doing like embarrassing stuff online, and then that makes it the funniest day. Like I, like I remember when he got his account deleted. Like on election day, like that was a funny day, and then he went off Twitter entirely to go on like the white supremacist website, and that was also a hilarious day. And then he got fixed on waivers, and that was a hilarious day. Like it was somehow always you guys making like the funniest jokes about your own team, and so I was like, okay, like you're kind of getting to me here. And then somebody was like, have you heard of like like I knew about um Lafreniere, Lafreniere, mm. Lafreniere. I knew about him just because I was aware of the 2020 draft and was watching it. That's how ter- that's how down bad I am. I was watching a draft. You ever? That's like, just being a fan. I love the draft. <sighs> I love the draft. That's one of my favorite days of the year. Well, now I really do. Now I now I do. But like, imagine, like if I had gone back in time, like to a year <laughs> you ago, tell yourself to delete like, Twitter and not. Yes, I would have. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> don't never go on twitter ever again i was like a retweet bot for so long like i created my account in like ninth grade and i was like always just retweeting politics stuff and then i never tweeted Ooh, excuse me and then i never tweeted and then um like hockey came around and now i'm tweeting all the time every day and i cannot stop and <laughs> it's so bad but uh you know if i if i went back in time and like would tell myself like you watched the entirety of a draft just to see who maybe the Flyers would pick up at the 24th spot. I, I would have said that, one, I was insane, and two, like, I need to get out of this house really bad. Like, I need to go and, like, go to college, do something. But, you know, I'm still stuck here, still in the middle of a transfer. But, like, it's, you know, it's insane how much stuff has changed. I'm going back to the baby rangers so okay. i didn't know about Keandre really i know i know i'm switching entirely 
like trying to get myself back on track. Uh, King Andre, I love him. I knew about him just because uh, he's precious, of course. Um, and everybody was like waiting for him to make his debut and whatever. And so, and then I learned that they had this like, they were staying together and they yeah. were like, they were like in this, in the middle of this terrible organization that they were drafted into and like, you know, have been, have been, you know, have had their lives ruined by coronavirus, like all of us. Like, they were somehow still together for like Christmas or whatever. And they sent out like this cute holiday picture. And like, yeah. they were, you know, they were uh, training camp buddies. And like, they were, they made the team together. They made their debut together. I'm like, that's so cute. I'm like, that's such a storyline. Like, they're besties now. And you can't tell me otherwise. Like, yeah. they're obviously besties. And um, I'm rooting for them. Like, I know that everybody's saying that uh, Lafreniere has, like, a, is, like, a... Nobody says he's a bust. But, like, you know... Oh, there are people Pogba. saying that. There are people saying that. Because, you know... There are, people who take the yell- there are people who take the yelling on Twitter about hockey all hours of the day too far. There's, like, what you too and far. I do. And then there's the this guy who has 25 games of NHL experience. He's a bust. He's never going to make it. God. I'm like, okay, okay. But, uh, yeah. So I'm like, you know, they were, they were both fighting adversity in their uh, organization. I know, I know Keandre was probably dealing with some shit in the locker room, which I'm like, that is so ridiculous. And we have to support players who are, like, dealing with, like, racist stuff because the league is terrible. And, like, the personalities are terrible in it. And so, you know, I, you always want to support players who are, like, going through that and, like, I hope that uh, laugh is like helping him and like whatever and yeah. you know I'm like these they're compelling I'm like it's the baby rangers and they're a young team and they have like um you know they have I'm still mad that they let um Henrik go but like yeah yeah but you know it's it's they're moving towards a younger team and they're looking to like become a force so I'm, I'm liking them while i can i know that i will hate them in like two years but uh you know i i care for them now and so i although i don't get i i don't care for them at all when they're playing the flyers you know i love them when they beat the bruins and they shut out the bruins wasn't that like your backup goalie or something yes it was keith P. P. that was the third string goalie <laughs> that's who jake voracek deked out of his skates on monday night like that looked like if I was playing goalie. Like, I can stand in yeah. that on skates, but if someone came down on me, I'm not making a save. I'm looking like that. Sorry, that's Jake Voracek, like, Iron Man shift, and then he does that at the yeah. end. Oh, my God. Right. That's great. I have a fan cam coming out later. Oh. That includes that moment. But, okay. yeah. Okay. I've, yeah. I've got two more questions for you before I get you out of here. We've almost been here two hours. Oh, my God. It doesn't feel like that. It's been a slow day. It's been a slow day, okay? This is therapy. I can tell you have a lot of thoughts to get off your chest. You have a lot of ideas. <laughs> I do. I have a lot of ideas. NHL, hire me. <laughs> what happens when every single team is likable? <laughs> then my job here is done. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I, think... I think teams go in and out of likability. Like That's you said, fair. you said earlier, you said that you really didn't like the Flyers. And yes. I'm like okay like you know teams like I didn't really like the Rangers you know so it's like it's kind of an in and out like I don't think 
I think everybody has a bias towards their hometown team or whatever, but it's, I think it's kind of a trend. Like a lot of, you know, it, and it's based around fandom. I hope that every team is likable. I, yeah. I want know, everyone like to I have swear fun. To God, exactly. I want everybody to have fun. I want everybody to be able to cheer on a team that they love. But, you know, I think just in general, like for fandom terms or what I've seen, like it kind of goes in and out of style with teams that are not like specifically like, oh, this is my home team. Like I gotta love them a lot. Like I don't see Buffalo Sabres fans on here coming to like defend their, their team. Yeah. But um so it's it's more of like a kind of a Can the Islanders uh, ever be likable? God, don't talk to me with the owners. Don't talk to me with the Islanders, I would just get mad. I'm I'm thinking the Islanders like, have a I lot think... of fans. Matt Barzell is likable. I can say that. Matt Barzell is likable. I, I really like that one goal that he did. That one goal Buffalo, he scored against he Buffalo was the ridiculous. Buffalo Sabres. That was, uh, oof. The I would love to fan cam that. I will not fan cam that because I will not make a fan cam for an Islander. But then again, I said I'd never make one for a pen. And then look what happened to Mark Friedman, who I'm still mad about. We're playing Nate Prosser. We're playing Nate Prosser on the third pair. Oh, for Mark instead of Mark Friedman. Oh, I remember. He said, the, the Crosby <sighs> Thousand game night was pretty tough on you. I remember that. That was you. You were oh. you had like a meltdown. That was very funny. Oh, he was all over my TL. I'm sick of this man. I'm sick <laughs> of this man. I don't want to see his face. I'd be really okay if that man retired this minute. Like I don't. You know what? I'm like trade Gino. Like <laughs> at this point, like I want. I'm like ruin. Ruin the Pittsburgh. <laughs> They're taking. You saw that. I'm like still mad about the Hexall thing. I yeah. think that's one hilarious. Um, I I hope he ruins that team. I hope he still has a bit of like Philadelphia in his heart and is like, you know what? I'm like for my. He's like for my final act as uh, <laughs> involved in hockey before I like retire or whatever. I hope he like starts like slowly ruining this team from the inside out and then as his final act trades Crosby like <laughs> just I don't care I'm like I don't care about I'm like it, it's funny to me because there's also a lot of like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia fans and I know that a lot of those are like what I found is a lot of those are like from they're in like, Europe I'm like yeah. that's like multiple fans are from like Europe and cheer on like whatever teams like have the best narratives essentially and I guess you know the Battle of Pennsylvania is really compelling for that reason yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah I'm sick of Pittsburgh Penguins what was I even talking about <laughs> oh no I threw that in there while you were talking about something else I get sidetracked too it, it, it's a it's a sign of an active brain that's what I'll say true true Who's got the most untapped fan cam potential, whether it's a team or an individual player? Who do you think we need more content of? You know, I I was looking through wild content, like because I really I like. I could go for some Caprizo content. Yeah, I could go yes, for some Yes, I I made like a little mini fan cam just because I I like made some footage forever ago that like I sent out and then I got a bunch of retweets and I was like I can't have that as a fan cam, and so I I like just threw a bunch of footage together and I was like searching through like they put out many documentaries every week I'm like people aren't hopping on this like they have a lot of content they have a lot of content there I'm sure that like it's just the teams that like like I know the Leafs have a ton of content and I know, but they also have a ton of fan cam creators I know that 
um you know the flyers don't put out a lot of content but we still have a bunch of fan cam creators there's the rangers put out great content and they have a quite a few fan cams so like it's kind of like i'd say the ones with the least amount of potential or the most the most potential that like haven't been used are just kind of the bad teams like because a lot of their content a lot of their like content teams like media creators like they're putting out the content and the footage but there's just not a lot of like energy there for it mm-hmm. so i'm sure that like if somebody really wanted to make the um anaheim ducks or something like really compelling like i'm sure that there's footage there but i'm not going to be the one to go and look through that like it's going to be somebody who's like in the next fan cam generation who's like you know really excited about the ducks for no reason uh I guess they have good prospects. I don't know, whatever. But you know, there's some there's potential there, but I think it's mostly on like teams that like people are not excited about. But like I'm sure that it'll get used eventually, because nobody was excited about the Flyers until you know this year. Well, no, I don't I don't know that because I was not a fan before that. But like you know, they last year was kind of like the first like okay maybe they can do this. Like maybe they while, can yeah. be a good and contending team. You know. We had a, a decade or so <laughs> between, you know, when we were really, like, making the playoffs on a – or not on a – I don't know. Again, I don't, I know very little about this team. Like, <laughs> I, I know enough. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's kind of – it's there's new, there's new life to this. And so I just think when a team is going to get that new life, like, they'll see fans come up and create that for them. What will it take for you to call Connor McDavid a new life? See, I did. <laughs> so I made a joke post about it once. <laughs> and I was like, what if I call Connor McDavid wife? Like, would you guys just go with it? And, uh, and, and then like two weeks later, I was like, there was like Oilers discussion on UPL. And I was like, that's it. I'm going, I'm calling him a wife. And so I like reposted that like with a picture of McDavid. I'm like, new wife just dropped which is a fun thing on Twitter because, like, whenever you say on Twitter, like, you cannot do something, people will instantly do it. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me that you can't call players wife. Um, so now all we do is play, call players wife. Uh, so McDavid, the most boring piece of white bread that has ever played hockey. He is, listen, he is good hockey. His hockey is very sexy, and that is wonderful about a man. Um, and he has great fan cams made about him. That man is not wife. He's no, he's like ex girlfriend material at most. And so <laughs> it's so it was it, it was a controversial thing for sure. But I made sure to get the best picture. Uh, it was like him with the long hair, which is a good look. You should bring it back. Um, and it was like him looking all like solemn. And I posted it and <laughs> got like a hundred likes. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. But it was it was a very heated debate. Uh, as, a, as to whether you can call Connor McDavid wife or not. I say if he drops like an ounce of personality on this website could be wife material but I just don't see it. I'm like that man is trapped up in Edmonton and he's really taken on the vibe there of like just being you know great hockey player but like really just suffering <laughs> a lot of suffering on that team. 
I forget if it was you who tweeted it or not, but someone recently tweeted, does it matter if they're actually good at hockey? Can they just be handsome and be good at, and, and have good vibes? Can they just, yes. I'm like, you have to just sit on the bench and look pretty. Is it not enough to just sit on the bench and look pretty? I'm pretty sure I tweeted that about like both Nolan and Ghost every single day, every single game when people are complaining. I'm like, can they not just be beautiful hockey players can they not just be great fan cam content do they have to really produce on the ice like this is what i think this is how the canucks are doing it very well you know how they you know how they so they just got uh jimmy is it vesey yes you know him well he's a former ranger i know that correct yes i am correct okay i know he played with kevin hayes which is like kind of why i was like Maybe you should bring him here, but, but, um, so they, they picked him up off of waivers and like everybody immediately tweeted out, like, this is their strategy. Like they're just trying to become the most likable team. They're most, they're just trying to become like, they're losing. They're very, very bad. They're going to miss the playoffs this year. Um, but they are a very likable team. They have a lot of like great characters. Um, all of their hockey players are beautiful and wives and pretty. And I'm like, is it not enough to have an entertaining team? And they have a large online fan base, which is, like, not just that they're a Canadian team, but, like, they're a team that draws people in. Like, I, they were, I think, my first non-Flyer fan cam. Like, Brock American Boy, which is a, a good whole one. other story. I know. I mean, it came out of a shit post because I thought that Brock was Canadian. Uh, so <laughs> that's a joke that repeatedly comes up. But so I, so I had to make an American Boy fan cam to... Uh, uh, defend my honor, defend my name, and they're just a likable team. They have a lot of likable Twitter personalities, and like their team will engage with like fan content sometimes. Yeah, and, like you know, they're really content for- forward is what I'm like realizing. Like they post everything on YouTube. They post like so many interviews. They have like first day like things for like really long docu series for like a lot of players and. Their players will get highlighted on like TSM stuff. Like TSM is is great, and I know yeah. we don't have that here, but you know they produce a lot of really good content, and it's um, you know I think that's something that also drives engagement. And there are a ton of fan games out there for them, just because there's so much there's so much content, and there's so many fans who are so willing to watch this team, even though it's like sometimes. <laughs> sometimes terrible teams like really are unwatchable but like sometimes they're fun and I think that it's it's fun when you can suffer uh together not when you're a Flyers fan I I don't think that's that's a fun team to suffer through but like sometimes it can be fun to you know not really have expectations for your team but just to watch hockey just to hang out with people and that's definitely something that I've done before um with the Canucks and it's something that can definitely bring in like new fans because like you you just want to have fun people just want to have fun picturing a girls want to have fun quinn hughes fan cam now there you go that's how you get the brain worms that's how you get the brain worms it's just talking with other people who have the same problem it's all it's all (laughs) it's all making a lot of sense is what i'll say thank you so much for coming this was so much yeah, fun. Thank you for having me. I love to talk, obviously. I mean, you can tell from my tweets, but I do like to talk to actual people sometimes. What's the at? 
for the people yeah. out there who don't follow you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ad is uh, sweetest mint because that's my favorite gum flavor. So it's sweetest mint, like because it's because sweeter sweet mint was taken, which I was so mad about. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm gonna be sweetest mint. I don't care. Like in ninth grade, I thought that was so funny, and so <laughs> that's my at. Um, I don't know. I should no. I won't change it. That's my brand. But um, and then you can also find a lot of my fan cam drops on Broad Street Hockey. Uh, so I I do their TikTok sometimes. Sometimes I'll post memes there as well. Um, so I'll do so. I think they're Broad Street Hockey, like spelled like broad and then S T hockey. And so I do usually drop them on Twitter. Uh, one should drop like soon since it's five. But uh, so I I I'll drop them there. And then I'll drop them on TikTok as well. And so you can see my work. And all of my work is also on Twitter. Um, the first one you'll see is copyrighted. So it, it got copyright blocked. So, but you all you have to do is go in and like scroll and look. And I upload I re-uploaded TK Fireball somewhere. But that was that was a sad day. You need but to yeah, have, you can find me a, find me on there. <laughs> no, I was gonna say you need to have these backlogged somewhere and you need to have like multiple burner accounts set up for yep. these. Yep. Yeah. I have I have a backup. I have everything saved. That's what that's what I really wanted. It's like you want to have everything everywhere. Like I yeah. email it to myself multiple times. Like it's uploaded on multiple hard drives. Like I'm you're never getting rid of me. Like they're on my Instagram, which is also <laughs> it's also sweetest art. So um you can follow me on Instagram there. I don't know. I kind of upload my fan cams. I upload more well, I haven't uploaded like actual art in a while, but you can also see my actual art there. Uh <laughs> Not that fan cams aren't actual art, but you know, more of my, more of my work. So, um, yeah, thank thank you so much for having me on. This is so much fun. I love talking about hockey brain rot and fan cams. If the Flyers make the playoffs, you will be back. If the Flyers miss the playoffs, you will be back. Either way, <laughs> thank there's you. going to be thank a lot you. to talk about. Either way. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It never hockey Twitter never sleeps. It really doesn't. It's terrible. As a night owl, I'm up till two in the morning. Like, am I really watching the end of this Canucks game? Why am I not asleep? Right. I, it's right? awful. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. I will see you guys tomorrow, Friday episode, college basketball. After I'm done editing this podcast, I will be spending a solid six hours watching videos and listening to podcasts to get my brain ready for the tournament. It's gonna be a busy weekend. We'll see if the Rangers play the Flyers on Wednesday. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh...